Hello everyone, welcome to Rehabilitation Reimagined. I'm your host, Nikki McCants, and this is episode five. podcast was inspired by my work as a physical therapist in a neurologic-based rehabilitation clinic. Each and every day, I have the opportunity to use the expertise that I've gained through my training to guide my clients and their loved ones on a journey that can sometimes be fraught with uncertainty and emotions. Although I am a true believer that the work we do as PTs is incredibly important and essential, I have come to recognize that the best way to approach patient care is through a team approach. I've been faced many times with questions I don't yet know the answers to, or the realization that another type of specialist may be just what we need to burst through that plateau. I've witnessed how invaluable it is for the individuals I work with to feel supported and to meet others who have been through similar experiences. Because no matter how much compassion and empathy I bring to our interactions, I will never claim to truly understand what it is like to walk in a pair of shoes I've never even tried on before. So this project has an ambitious aim, to increase access to knowledge and information about rehabilitation and resources for optimizing quality of life for persons living with a neuromuscular and neurologic disorder or injury. To reach clinicians who want to learn more about the breadth of resources available to support the whole person that they're serving. And to provide a platform for storytelling and sharing as a way to remind each and every one of us that though we may not see ourselves in any or many of the people surrounding us, There's always someone out there who can relate. I'm excited to have you along on this journey as we cultivate and curate the content of this podcast and reach out to people around the country and the world who will hopefully find this information just when they need it the most. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. I hope that each and every one of you are finding ways to stay healthy and to stay connected during these scary times with the COVID-19 pandemic. While many parts of the world are starting to reopen, there are just as many people still living in quarantine and on lockdown or maybe just wary to re-enter society. For our elderly community members and those with disabilities and anyone with a compromised immune system, their choice to go out into the community can hold a lot of risk for them. So if you're feeling scared or isolated, I just want to say that you're not alone. As a healthcare provider who has been treating patients uh, since this all started, I know I've done my best to limit contact with any family or friends or anyone in the community that hasn't been totally necessary. And it's even hard for me to continue to stay inside and to stay apart from people, especially when you start to see more people resuming their normal socializing routines and going out. So I know I'm personally not quite ready yet to... Uh, lessen my own personal social distancing um, to a large degree while I wait to see what's going to happen over the coming weeks. But uh, for those of you who don't want to stay inside anymore but can't risk leaving the house and for those who would rather stay isolated and stay at home but maybe don't have a choice and have to go back to work and you know for those of you who are beginning to get back to a semblance of your former lives i hold you all in my thoughts and i hope everyone is able to continue to stay safe and find a way to get through and try to stay connected to people around you and your family and friends and anyone that can provide some support and hopefully better days are ahead for all of us 
So today's guest is someone who has also felt the stress of a changing world amid the coronavirus, but whose passionate and entrepreneurial spirit I have no doubt will continue to make a positive impact on this world. Our guest today is Brett Heising, CEO of Brett Approved Incorporated, home to brettapproved.com, a travel and lifestyle website for anyone with a physical disability or mobility challenge who wants to travel confidently. Brett brings a lifetime of experience to his role as founder and CEO of Brett Approved Incorporated. A successful journalist and PR pro turned entrepreneur, Brett is a global speaker on the subjects of diversity and inclusion, entrepreneurship, accessible travel trends, and more. He was a member of the Phoenix Business Journal's 40 Under 40, class of 2015, serves on the board of United Cerebral Palsy of Central Arizona, and he's active in the Phoenix startup community. Brett is building breadapproved.com because, in his words, whether you're traveling around the corner to meet friends for coffee or around the world for the trip of a lifetime, you should have the accessibility information and services you need to travel confidently. He also helps major players in the hospitality and transportation sectors audit company-wide systems, policies, and processes to ensure that travelers with disabilities and reduced mobility have the best possible experience. A proud graduate of The Ohio State University, where he earned a Bachelor of Arts in Journalism with a specialization in public relations and a minor in political science, Brett lives in Phoenix, Arizona with his wife, Claudia, and his one-year-old golden retriever, Handsome George. And if that's not the cutest name for a dog I've ever heard, I'm not sure what is. So today on the podcast, we discuss the personal challenges and frustrations that inspired Brett to start Brett Approved Incorporated and to develop a website where community members around the world and country contribute reviews about the accessibility of restaurants, hotels, and entertainment venues. Travel, Brett reminds us, is not a luxury, but a human right. And beyond helping people with disabilities and mobility challenges prepare for and plan travel both within and outside their communities, Brett and I discuss the far-reaching implications that lack of accessibility has on employment, advancement, and social mobility for persons with disabilities, and he shares with us how he continues to take an active role in advocating for better experiences for travelers with disabilities and reduced mobility in the transportation and hospitality industry, and even beyond. And if that wasn't enough, Brett is a phenomenal speaker, and his passion for his work cannot be missed. So if you want to learn more about Brett and Brett Approved Incorporated, you can find him at facebook.com slash brettapproved on his website at brettapproved.com, on Instagram at brettheising, B-R-E-T-T-H-E-I-S-I-N-G, and finally at Twitter, either at brettapproved or at brettheising. And please head to our website, rehabilitationreimagined.com, for direct links to all of these sites and also to read the show notes if you missed anything. All right, guys, let's get started. All right. Hi, Brad. Thank you so much for coming tonight. I really appreciate it. Yeah, you're welcome. It's my pleasure to, to be with you and your and your listeners, Nikki. So thank you for the opportunity. Yeah, of course. So as the founder and CEO of Bread Approved, the world's foremost travel website for people with disabilities, it's clear that you're passionate about providing a valuable service to the community. So I do want to give you plenty of time to discuss the company um, and maybe some of the you know current difficulties we're having with the COVID-19 situation. But if you don't mind, I would love to jump back a bit and ask you a little bit more about uh, kind of how you got here and your journey. Yeah, of course. Well, to, to understand really Bread Approved Incorporated, you, you do have to know a little bit about me. And so I'm happy to share that. So um, I, you know, to, 
to kind of start out, I have a cerebral palsy, so I've used, so I'm 44 years old, so I think I got my first wheelchair, oh, I don't know, maybe when I was in first or second grade. Um, and the reason I use a chair, just um, as, a, as a general aside, is, is for stamina reasons. So I can walk a little bit with loft strand crutches, um, but in order to be as productive as I need to be, uh, I need the wheelchair because, you know, if I were to walk from, you know, a parking spot, even if it is an accessible parking spot into an office up in a, like I would, I would need a three hour nap and that's just not, <laughs> that's yeah. not going to work. Right. Sure. Um, so, so I've been in a chair, um, for a long time and prior to, uh, starting Bread Approved, uh, I was a, a journalist and a PR and public affairs professional. And I used to travel, uh, a fair amount for work. And in the course of those travels, it didn't matter um, if I booked the hotel myself, if I had corporate travel, booked the hotel, if I had my executive assistant, booked the hotel. About 80% of the time, Nikki, I'd get to where I was going, and there wouldn't be the room with the roll-in shower that I needed. Sure. You can imagine, you can imagine um, you know, there's a lot of uh, stereotypes, you know, you know, being a professional with a disability that, that I have to shatter and, and, and that other people, professionals with disabilities, have to shatter. So you can imagine being a PR guy, uh, showing up to a meeting, they've probably never worked with uh, somebody in a chair before, they're already kind of on edge because of whatever issue might be happening. And, you know, I roll into this high level meeting at 8am in the morning, and I look like, you know, a guy who's not taking himself seriously, because I don't have gel in my hair, right? Because <laughs> I couldn't take a shower. And, and that grew, that objection grew to be something that I, I kind of grew weary of, of having to overcome. And so the natural human reaction to that is when we don't get what we want, if we, if we you know, gently put disability aside for a moment, when, when people, as people, we don't get what we want, we, we tend to get a little upset. And, and I try to be as, as relaxed as possible, but I'm not perfect. And so I would oftentimes you know, kind of lose my cool with the, with the hotel staff. Um, but what I realized is hospitality is a fascinating industry in that you're going to take the people with the least amount of experience, making the least amount of money, and you're going to put them front, front of house. Mm-hmm. And you're going to say, we know you don't have a ton of experience. We know you're not making a ton of money, but you're going to be the first touch point to our guests. Sure. And so, and so what, what happened is it became an educational process. And so I would often, um, everything is a teachable moment. And so I would often explain why a roll-in shower is important. I would explain that roll-in showers and zero-entry showers are, are you know, those are both synonyms, right? We're, we're talking about the same thing. Sure. And so then I thought, well, um, what can I do to kind of, to kind of at the very least mitigate this? Um, and that's when, uh, after a kind of a side project to San Francisco, that's when uh, I had an idea uh, to start Bread Approved. And so the, the, the entire reason uh, that I started Bread Approved Incorporated uh, was because I wanted to be able to travel, honestly, and take a shower. Um, and that's, uh, and that sounds, you know, that might sound trivial. And, and in fact, my mom shared a story with, with me or, or kind of was, um, talking to me about this at the beginning of our journey back in, in, uh, I guess it would have been the fall of 2012. And we really got, got going in earnest in 2013. Uh, but my mom said, Hey, Brett, you know, there are plenty of times, you know, on a weekend or whatever, when you don't shower, I'm, I'm, I'm a little surprised you're you're tackling this thing. Is it really that big a deal? And I said, yeah, it is because on the weekends, you know, I'm making a, I'm making a choice not to shower. Sure. You know, I wake, I wake up on a Saturday morning and watch my Buckeyes kick off at 9am local time here in Phoenix. 
and uh, I'm worried about I'm worried about getting my coffee and my breakfast burrito. Yeah. Right? Um, and but when you're traveling again, when you're traveling for work, um, you've got to you've got to put your best foot forward, and that certainly is the case. You know, being a man with a disability is um, again. I've got to shatter a lot of those stereotypes and I have to do it quickly. And what I mean by that is I have to make people who aren't familiar with disability very comfortable with me in a short amount of time so that they'll listen to me, uh, particularly when I was in crisis communications, because again, they're, they're, they're already on edge. And so if I don't, if I don't establish a, a rapport quickly, um, it's not going to go as well for them and it's not going to go as well for me. Uh, and so that really is the origin story of Brett Approved. And then, you know, fundamental to that, um, I was, uh, oh, maybe in 2014 or 2015, I can't really remember that the years kind of run together at this point, but uh, my COO, uh, wonderful gal, uh, Jillian Musing up in Seattle, a co-founder of Moz, and she stepped away from Moz and has played a pivotal role in Brett Approved Incorporated. You know, we were in uh, Silicon Valley, you know, uh, kind of going after some investment and we were doing our thing and talking to a particular uh, firm and they said, you know, Brett, there's so many, um, there's so many challenges in the world. There's so much going on. You know, why travel? It seems kind of frivolous. Uh, and in that moment, I'll never forget it, uh, Nikki, my heart broke a little bit and I just said, well, I said, you know, it's, it's your fund, it's your money. You can do with it what you will, but, but travel, my friend is not frivolous. I said, going where you want, when you want, with whom you want is in fact a basic human right. And I, I don't, uh, to me, it makes no difference if, if you and I go to dinner at Barrio Cafe, uh, over on Thomas, or if, if we want to take a trip to Vegas, whatever it is, whatever, however we define travel, you know, people with disabilities and people with mobility challenges uh, should be able to should be able to do that and do that um, without without trepidation. Absolutely. And so much of so much of what we do at Bread Approved is is really, um, you know, I've kind of become a de facto counselor uh, because people will, will contact me or or someone who works with me under the guise of taking a trip but then we get to we, we get the privilege of learning their life story many times of, of how did they come to you know bread approved why do they need us as a resource and what it boils down to and this is particularly germane i i think in in our current climate that is to say with covid19 is that is that oftentimes having a disability you can feel very alone mm-hmm. um and and you know, one of the one of the big things that I've learned through the years is that I thought naively <clears throat> that when I started Bread Approved, everybody would love it, right? I mean, sure. why yeah. wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? I'm, I mean, I'm a cool guy. I'm fun to hang <laughs> out with. It seems like a cool idea. Like everybody wants to travel. Sure. I don't. I don't care how person X uh, became disabled. I don't. You know, if they had a spinal cord injury or if they were born with a disability, like myself or or whatever, who cares? Like, we're all in this together, let's make it work. But that's not, that's not actually the case. Like, it's a very siloed situation. Sure. You know, the spinal cord injury folks, and I've talked to a ton of them doing focus groups, a lot of them don't even consider themselves as having a disability. They're just biding time until they walk again, Mm -hmm. right? And then the people, the people with CP, 
you know, we're over, we're over here. The people with muscular dystrophy are over here. The people with Parkinson's are over here. And what I, what, what my small but mighty team and I spend a lot of time trying to do is, you know, quite frankly, get, get everybody to talk together. Right. I mean, cause we're, we, we are all in this together. Um, and I, I just think that is, that is absolutely vital um, to, to kind of break down those barriers because when, when society writ large looks at people with disabilities, they don't, they don't see the, they don't see the differences, right? Sure. They, yeah. they, they're lumping everybody together. They don't see, um, to their detriment, certainly, they don't see husbands, sons, fathers, you know, mothers, daughters, friends, etc. They just see a demographic. And so what, what we're trying to do, what, what I've devoted the last, you know, eight plus years of my professional and personal life doing, because when you're an entrepreneur, Nikki, there is no off switch. Um, you know, everybody's going through this working from home and, and, you know, how do we adjust to working from home? Well, I've been doing that for a really long time and there's always something for me to do. You know, my wife will say, are you, are you done working for the day? And I'll say, no, but I've chosen to stop. <laughs> yeah, it's not done, but we're going to take a break now. R right, right. I'm going to have a nice single malt scotch and call it a day. Um, but because if you don't, if you don't establish those boundaries, um, you, you're just going to, you're just going to burn out. And so, and so it's just been fascinating to me, this journey, because again, on its face, you know, um, breadapproved.com is a travel and entertainment website for anybody with a physical disability or mobility challenge predicated on our patent pending breadth score which rates the um, hotel, restaurant, or entertainment venue. So user X goes in, creates a free account. Let's say they stay at the Bellagio in Vegas. They answer like six questions, and, that'll, and those questions are weighted, and that'll create a Brett score, 10 being the highest and one being the lowest, of course. Well, I don't care if um, you know, Hotel X gets a three and Hotel Y gets a nine. I'm just saying like, be ready, right? Sure. So yeah. I know. So I know if you and I traveled together, you're a physical therapist. So I could stay at a, at a place that might might be less than ideal because you've got my back. Whereas if I'm traveling for a speaking gig by myself, I'm gonna I'm gonna stay somewhere that that gets a nine or a ten. So I've covered a lot of ground in that answer, but I hope that was I hope that was helpful. No, that was great. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. That helps a lot to understand kind of the inspiration for it and where this came out of. Um, so tell me a little bit more about, like, from your perspective, uh, you know, personal or just from speaking with many people through, uh, through your career and through this job, what, um, what considerations and fears do people with a disability or a mobility challenge often think of or face when they're getting ready to travel, whether that's going to, uh, you know, a restaurant to meet with family for dinner or traveling, you know, to another state or another country. What are, what are those things that come to mind? Yeah. I mean, I think that, I think that kind of varies. And I think what, what fascinates me about Brett Approved and what fascinates me about, about any demographic um, and certainly is the case with, um, you know, people with disabilities is that everybody everybody is different. There is no one size fits all. Mm -hmm. um, so if we're taking, if we, if we, if I talk to somebody who's newly injured um, and, you know, maybe they live in Chandler or maybe they're like me and they live in Ahwatukee and they want to go to, 
um, you know, a swanky new restaurant in Scottsdale, honestly, what they're worried about the most is um, being a center of attention, right? Mm-hmm. And they, all they want to do is go out to dinner, but they don't, they don't, they're not ready um, to be that person in the chair because they haven't come to grips with their own situation yet. Yeah. Right. And, and that, and that is, that is supremely um, prevalent and supremely powerful. Um, you've got to, you've got to give people time um, as best they can to, to, to acclimate to the new version of themselves. Um, and so what I always tell people is if that's the case, then go, you know, and this was certainly pre COVID obviously, but go at, at off hours, you know, go instead of going to a lunch with girlfriends at 1230, go at 11am, you know, right. it, it'll be a little, it'll be a little less crowded. You can focus on, on why you're there, which is strengthening re- relationships and friendships and you can enjoy a good meal and you won't have to be, you know, you know, you, you won't have to feel like the room is stopping when when you roll in there. Um, if we look at travel, you know, kind of in a broader sense, I think the biggest questions, the, the most frequent questions that we get are just about air travel. Um, you know, I, 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 I want to I, I go, you know, I want to go see my granddaughter get married. I want to go, you know, to my, to my son's graduation, whatever it is. I mean, I think the biggest um, the biggest barrier here uh, is just air travel and just um, you know how do I how do I transfer you know into the seat you know what's the what's the protocol for the airline you know what do I do if my chair is damaged um, and and there are certain certain protocols that the Airline Carriers Access Act ACAA which predates interestingly enough the Americans with Disabilities Act there are certain protocols that 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 are in place for for uh, travelers like myself and other travelers with disabilities, but it's, but most airlines don't, I mean, if you said to the, the, the average um, flight attendant, what's, what's the American, you know, what's the ACAA, they don't, they don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and in fact, that's a lot of our consulting arm. We train people on stuff like that. Um, and so it's just, it's just that fear of unknown. And, and even, you know, I've been fortunate to, to speak all over Europe, um, all over the United States, you know, lectured at, at a bunch of colleges, and I've, I've just had a, a wonderful, this has just been a wonderful um, opportunity for myself and my team, but even as much as I travel, Nikki, it's, it's, it's nerve-wracking as heck every time you, you disembark, and you, you, you know, I use my crutches to walk on the aircraft, and they steal my crutches, and, yeah. you know, you, you don't know if that chair you know, in my case, it's a it's a pretty expensive, like ten thousand dollars Tylite uh, ZR2 polished titanium chair, and I, I say that not in a braggadocious way, but in but I, I just you know I always say that when I speak because I want people to know that it's not like I have another one in the garage. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's it's yeah. like, this is this is it, and so I always tell people um, if you've got a if you've got a power chair. The rule of thumb that I've kind of discovered in talking with a lot of folks who have power chairs is, you know, figure out number one, figure out what kind of batteries it has, and then figure out if the airline, you know, accepts those batteries. If they don't, you know, you'll have to, you know, take them off the off the device itself, um, and then and then you know work from there because each airline approaches things differently. There are those guidelines, but each airline approaches things differently. 
But the biggest thing too, once you, once you get the battery situation squared away, is anything that can fall off of that chair, whether it's a headrest, whether it's foot, a footrest, uh, cushion, take it off, take mm-hmm. it off. Wrap the control module in bubble wrap. Um, do everything you can to, to, to make that chair as bulletproof as possible. Because the, the people loading that chair, they don't, they don't want to damage it. Of course. Espe- especially power chairs, they're super heavy, right? And they're cumbersome. Um, and so, and then the other thing, you know, I believe that every single thing we do in life, whether it's personal, whether it's business, whatever it is, everything we do is relationship driven and even relationships that don't go the way that we want, you know, ex, ex girlfriends, ex boyfriends, wives, etc. anything that doesn't go the way that we want, it's still a, a privilege because we learn from it. Sure. And so, because I believe that everything is relationship driven, the best piece of advice I can give anyone is to get to the airport early, talk to the person at the, at the gate, you know, once you get through security, talk to the person at the gate and ask them, hey, if there's five minutes, can the, can the individual or individuals who are going to handle my chair, can they come up and say hello? Mm-hmm. And 99% of the time, they'll do it. And what I always tell people is I introduce myself, I shake their hand firmly and I say, look, I need you to be at your best uh, today. I need you to treat this chair like it's somebody you love. I need you to be gentle. I need you to understand that it's an extension of me. And like when you, when you look somebody in the eye and you say that and you speak from your heart, I'm telling you, it's, it's the weirdest thing. Like barriers melt and, and good stuff happens. So, so just taking that little bit of extra time and, and really conveying the importance of your device, it's priceless. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I can imagine though that, you know, if you take that step and then let's say you have a power chair, or even a manual chair, and you're getting ready to kind of give it up for them to put it away. I mean, even just taking the steps of removing the headrest and taking off the armrest and taking the cushion and wrap, wrapping everything up. I mean, that's another added step of potential kind of stress. And, you know, now you have all these extra things to carry. So I can see that even, even, the necessity of taking those steps kind of adds another thing to plan for. Yeah. And that's a big, that's a wonderful point. And that's, I, I get, um, I wouldn't say I get a lot of pushback on that in terms of advice, but I get a fair amount because people will say I shouldn't have to do that. Well, yeah, I, of course. Right. Of course you shouldn't, yeah. but the, but, but the world is not a perfect place. Mm-hmm. Right. So, right. um, the, just because you shouldn't have to do that doesn't mean that it's not, that it's not necessary. Is it, is it less than ideal? Is it a pain? Yeah, of course it is. And I certainly wish that um, every person who's booked a trip through us or every, you know, I I wish that nobody had issues with anything, Mm -hmm. but the fact, but the fact is the reality is, is that we're gonna. Um, And, and I've had, you know, I've had challenges with my chair. I've had, you know, front casters come off while I'm rolling down the Champs-Élysées in Paris. Um, That just happened. I was in, I was keynoting a conference in Paris in November and and my uh, videographer and I were filming a video and the the, the damn caster fell off. Oh no. Uh, Yeah. And and if that had happened at the airport um, or, you know, let's say that happened in the belly of the aircraft there's no way they're finding that caster, much less the, the, the dime-sized bolt that, that holds that bad boy together. 
Yeah. So it's it's just about it's just about being as as prepared as possible. Um, and then the other thing is you can't you can never, in my kind of personal and professional opinion, you can never get to the airport too early. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think that's when a lot, when when mistakes happen when people are in a hurry. Um, and and if you're if you're calm and measured, um, the person you're speaking with is going to be calm and measured. You know, human beings are fascinating creatures. We we pick up on um, the energy that's emitted by other people, right? If 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 my attitude, tone, and demeanor is if I'm if I go in DefCon five and I'm all hyped up, the person I'm talking to is gonna is gonna mimic that. If I'm relaxed and chill and as, as nice as I can be given the circumstances, the person's going to mimic that. So then when there is a problem, you know, that's when, um, that's when the proof is in the pudding, right? When there is a problem. And, and it's, it's very important to um, kind of realize that at any phase of your journey, something could go wrong. And so what are you going to do when that happens? And so one of the things that I always do is take extra wheelchair parts um i'll take like a patch kit in case i get a flat on on one of my back tires i'll I'll look and see you know are there any if i'm in the states it's much easier are there any wheelchair repair places where i'm going to be or close to where i'm going to be if i'm going to europe uh it'll be you know are there any bike repair shops because if you can if if you're in europe and you have an issue if you can find a bike shop it's not going to be perfect but they're going to be able to help you yeah um yeah, and so there's all kinds of little tips and tricks and hacks and stuff that that, that we advise people. But the bottom line is, um, to kind of put a bow on it, you, whenever they're ready, um, it, you you just got to get out there mm-hmm. because if you if you wait for something to be perfect, you're gonna mm-hmm. be waiting an aw- you're gonna be waiting an awful long time. And 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 that's the again that's the that's the beauty of travel. It's it's you know, if we look at the psychology of, of it, um, I don't know, I'll, I'll take like, I like nice watches, right? So um, I have a couple really nice watches. But at the end of my life, when my time on earth is, is done, nobody's going to say like, oh, that Heisen guy he had an awesome watch. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm not going to think about it either, right? Yeah. But, what I, but what I am going to think about are all the cool people that I met uh, when I, when I was traveling, the, the experiences, um, you know, my nieces and nephews, my parents, uh, you know, my wife, obviously. So life is defined by experiences, not, not stuff that doesn't, you know, I I don't want to make people feel bad if they like nice stuff, but at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if if someone were to go onto breadapproved.com, what would they see? What would they find? Kind of how is the interface set up? And and um, and are there uh, ratings just from the United States? Is it international? Kind of how is it building up? Well, you know that's a great uh, that's a great question. Um, so the site is free to join. It's very important to me that the site. Um, there's no advertising on the site. That's intentional. There's no, um, you're not going to get any annoying pop-up ads and there's no fee. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's all, it's all based on user generated content. Um, and so what I mean by that is because disability is so personal, um, what's, what's difficult for me as a, as a manual chair user with CP may be easier for somebody else and vice versa. 
So you jump on there, you create a free account, and then you rate, you know, whatever you want to rate, be it a hotel, restaurant, or entertainment venue. Um, and the, the uh, website can take anywhere, you can review anywhere in the world as long as there's a, a, like a physical address, like some kind of zip code. Okay. Um, and, and we have, I think, oh, I should know this off the top of my head, but I think we have 1,650 reviews or something, um, which is not a lot, which is not a lot. Given how long we've been in business, that's not a lot. But if you take our main competitors and put everybody together, we have more than they do combined. Oh, wow. Um, and, and so there's a ton of information in Phoenix. There's a ton of information. I spend a ton of time in Seattle with my investors and, um, and my COO, whom I mentioned earlier. So there's a lot of stuff in Seattle. There's a lot of stuff in Northern California. Um, but yeah, it doesn't look like there's much on the website at all. Because when you consider that you can review almost any place in the world, yeah. it's, there's, there's just not a lot of content. So yeah. um, we need users to make it, to make it more viable, right? So the, so the more, so what we try to do is we try to, we're trying um, to attain critical mass. Mm -hmm. um, and that's, and that only happens through reviews. Now the website, you know, like all websites, it's got to be treated like a living entity and, and um, this is the third version of the website um, that, that's up right now. We launched this version, I, I want to say maybe end of 2016, early 2017. So with each iteration, it's getting better and better. Um, now, we used, to, we used to offer trips um, where you could go in and, and you know, kind of pick a, a pre-curated trip, if you will, um, but truth be told, Nikki, we, we didn't, we, we couldn't sustain the volume on that. Mm -hmm. um, it just, it just wasn't, even though there are 63 million American adults with some type of physical disability, um, which frankly dwarfs the population of Canada, it just, we just didn't have the volume. Mm -hmm. But that said, if somebody's interested in taking a trip, um, you know, all you have to do is email me at bread, bread approved. Um, and I'll, and I'll help you out. You know, I'll steer, I'll, I'll either help you myself or steer, steer you, uh, toward one of our, um, accessibility focused travel agents. Um, and, and then just to kind of debunk a myth about, about that, a lot of people, what they would do, Nikki, is they would, they would, you know, fill out our intake form and they would say, Hey, we want to do X, Y, Z. Then they would leverage, you know, kind of, um, quote unquote, normal internet tools to, to do all the the heavy lifting, and then they would they would go on their trip, and they would um, kind of uh, a shoe bread approved, if you will, and say, "Hey, I've got this." But then what would happen, unfortunately, is they wouldn't get the they wouldn't get the room that they needed, or they or there would be some kind of issue. So we don't if you if you email me and you want to take a trip, it's not going to cost you any more on the front end. How we make our money is through preferred preferred providers, right? And so, and so I have relationships with, with hotels that I know are accessible because I, 90% of the time I've been there. Right. Right. I could tell you, if you, I could tell you, if you want to go to, uh, to Paris to sit, stay at the hotel in the peace, cause I've been there. Um, and so, and so that's, and so we've kind of shifted away from the personal travel and, um, I'm a big thinker. I always have been. And so, I, I continue to think like, how can I make the most difference? And that's where, that's where the consulting arm of Bread Approved has come in. Um, so before COVID-19, we had some really cool stuff going with some major airlines. Um, we had um, hotel 
training. You know, I, I've developed a proprietary, my team and I have developed a proprietary, what we call soft skills training program um, that, that allows hotel staff to, to role play um and and we go through like acceptable language you know mm-hmm. i i for one don't really care for the term handicap it's just it's just not i don't i don't dig on it i think there's a better way to say it mm-hmm. right now other people with disabilities you know they they might be comfortable with it and they can say it but to me um words matter right like mm-hmm. i can i mean and words and and the only thing that that matters more than words is actions Right. I mean, I can tell you all day that I love you, but isn't it so much more powerful if I show you? Of course. Right? Yeah. And so and so that's the that's kind of the genesis of our of our of our hotel uh, training program is that is that we talk to uh, executives and we talk to staff about how to talk to people with disabilities, what to say, what not to say, how to um you know if there is an issue how do you resolve it um all that kind of stuff we talk a lot about and i've mentioned it in our time together this evening nikki about atd attitude tone and demeanor and it's not so much about reading the other person's it's about monitoring your own you know mm-hmm. if you're if, if you're talking to me and you're looking over me and i'm in a chair and you're standing up and you're looking over me well you're not respecting me or if you're if if i ask you a question and your arms are folded and your every every bit of your weight is on the back on your back right heel then you're telling me that you want to get away from me right and so how do we how do we monitor that stuff and how do we make sure that we that we not only say the right thing uh, but we but we prove it through our actions that's great. I mean, that's an invaluable resource to get that kind of information out to some of these, not just hotels, but airlines and bigger companies. Um, does when, for instance, if someone goes onto the website, they leave a review, um, is there a method at this point in time for that information to be disseminated back to the hotel or entertainment venue? If there is maybe something that they could improve on, are, are they getting that information or is it just kind of staying within the website at this time? It's, it, it honestly depends what it is. Like if it's a, if it's a major, if somebody leaves a review and let's say that, let's say the major issue is how they were treated. Um, I have been known, uh, or someone on my team has been known to call that hotel and, and talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but for the most part, it just, it's, it's, you can think of breadapproof.com like Yelp. Um, where you just kind of put stuff up there. Now we do have a claim your listing. So like if, um, this is just an example, like if, if hotel X gets a new pool lift, right. And they want people to know about it, they can, they can create an account as the property, as the property manager or owner, and they can, they can upload pictures of their own, um, you know, pool lift or whatever of their new or, or their new equipment. Now, full disclosure, Nikki, that's not, that has not been very popular right um and and so really what it is is um almost strictly a review review website um to where if if you're coming to phoenix you know for a i don't know a rugby tournament at ability 360 and you want to find a good place to eat you know you, you can jump on the website and find a good place to eat in phoenix or or you know if you're going to new york city you're not going to find as much content but there are there are reviews you know 
Um, and so it's just, a, it's just a matter of what the ultimate goal for it is just to be a resource, right? Because again, if we remove disability and we think about just, you know, human, human nature, right? The, the greatest portion of any trip, I could argue very convincingly, is the anticipation. You know, when you, when you uh, reconnect and go on a trip uh, in, in, you know, pre-COVID, obviously, with, with girlfriends from college, like, you know, your job is stressful. You work hard. And so part of that trip, the fun of that trip is, is looking forward to it. Well, when you have a disability and you're in a chair in particular, uh, oftentimes, too often, in my, my humble opinion, we're robbed of the, of the joy and the power of anticipation. I mean, if you invite me to go on a trip, I'm going to go. But the second I, after I agree to go, I'm going to think, holy smokes, am I going to be able to get in the room? Am I going to, like, what's the topography like around the hotel? Like, are there, are there accessible restaurants nearby? You know, et cetera, et cetera. And so the, the, the whole focus behind breadapproved.com is to, is to remove that remove that anxieties because if you know what's coming even if it's even if it's less than ideal even if it's um you know even if it really sucks to be honest if you know it you can prepare for it um and again most people statistically with disabilities travel with colleagues or travel with family or friends or whatever uh every year for the past few years uh, about 13 uh, myself and 13 of my fraternity brothers from Ohio State, we go on a trip. Obviously, we didn't this year, but they always say to me, hey, man, you run a travel company. You know what's up. You pick the hotel. You tell us where, you, where we're staying, and then we'll, we'll rock and roll. Um, and so that's the thing that I always tell businesses. You're not, um, you know, you're not just, you're not just uh, uh, getting my business, right? You're getting 13 other knuckleheads. Right. 13, 13 other guys who, so that's, that's, and, and then, and then to extrapolate on that, um, it's, it's more than, you know, treating, uh, travelers with disabilities or guests with disabilities. Um, it's not just, it's, it's meeting our needs is not just the right thing to do. Right. It's, it's damn good business. Um, I I mean, open doors organization out of Chicago did a, a study in 2015 and people with disabilities and those who travel with us spend about $35 billion. I think it's 34.6. So we round up $35 billion on travel and entertainment. That was 2015. So I, I could make a compelling argument that probably by now it's about $40 billion. Right. right. Um, and again, you know, I've, I've been in kind, countless pitch meetings and talking to investors and I'm very fortunate to have some really dedicated investors. But um, the, the thing that I drive home to them is this is not a niche market. You know, yeah. there are, I think, 37 million people in Canada. Well, if everyone in Canada decided they wanted to warm up and move out and everybody with a disability moved from the United States, moved into Canada, we would double the population of Canada pretty much. Um, and, and then, yeah, and another interesting thing about, about people with disabilities is 70% of the people with disabilities or who have a quote-unquote disability, have a disability that's not visible to the naked eye. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, it, and, and they're probably really um, sensitive about it, right? And so how do you as a business meet their needs without making them feel, um, without singling them out, right? Um, right. And that's, that's all the stuff that we train and that's all the, that's all the fun stuff that we do. 
uh, from a consultancy standpoint. That's awesome because I imagine too that there are probably a ton of very highly qualified individuals who would, you know, maybe have their eye on a job or a position or a promotion, but are kind of maybe turned off or maybe turned down because of the amount of travel or the necessary, you know, that it need to be able to move around from place to place. And, you know, obviously that's unfortunate, but it sounds like some of the great work you guys are doing is trying to kind of break down that barrier. So that becomes less of an issue. And so more and more companies and corporations are capable and prepared to, you know, to kind of take on employees who maybe have a mobility challenge or a disability and kind of set them up to be successful in all of this travel that they might need to do. Yeah, I, I think it's really uh, cool that you mentioned that because just, you know, kind of um, as general aside, one of the things that I'm still working on, although it's, it's kind of slowed down a little bit due to, due to current circumstances, but I'm working with uh, some major airlines and some major hotel chains as part of a, uh, an initiative through a GBTA, which is the Global Business Travelers Association. And so in the coming, uh, probably later this week or early next week, I'm going to put a a, a survey up on, on uh, the Bread Approved uh, Facebook page, and then I'm going to email it out uh, to our uh, 30,000 uh, newsletter subscribers. And we're just trying to get a beat on, um, you know, when, you know, when, co when it's safe to travel again, wh whenever that is, you know, what can airlines and hotels do to make your journey better, right? The, the biggest, um, you know, kind of, um, challenge that we have in terms of meeting the needs of our market is a, is a profound lack of, of uh, research. Mm -hmm. uh, it's almost as if for decades, you know, well, it's not almost as if it, for decades, people with disabilities have been pushed to the margins. Um, and I, and I, 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 that to me, that makes me sad, right? I mean, we, we, ha we have to be given um, the same considerations as any other consumer group. Right. I mean, collectively, we have just as much to spend. Actually, we have more to spend collectively than, than any other uh, consumer group in the world. Frankly. Yeah. Um, and, and so, again, um, when you're talking about, you know, uh, employers, you know, hiring people with disabilities, the, the unemployment rate uh, for people with disabilities is usually about three to four times the national average in the best of times. Um, and the, the wage gap is something that is absolutely staggering uh, to me. Um, you know, I, I, I believe in fighting for the underdog in every single circumstance. I mean, if you look back at everything I've done throughout my career, um, it's, it's all but with the exception of, of working in financial services for a few years before I started Bread Approved, it's all been fighting for the underdog. Yeah. And so when you, look at, when you look at wage disparities, you know, if, if we have um able-bodied white guy x and and me um white guy with a permanent physical disability and we both um have the same qualifications and we both get entry-level jobs let's say hypothetically that able-bodied white guy my colleague my coworker, because we both got the same job he's going to make sixty thousand dollars well statistically i'm going to make about fifty two eight. Oh man and so, and so when you extrapolate that over the course of, of a, you know, somebody's working life, that's a ton of money. And then as you know, being a therapist, having a disability is, is absurdly expensive, oh. right? 
Yeah. We, t- we talk a lot as a society about the, uh, about the, the, the prison industrial complex, right? And how that, how privatization of prisons really, really has had a, a dastardly effect. And it's, it's, it's kind of the same thing with, with um, privatized healthcare and healthcare through employment. Yeah. You, know, there, you can't just go, you can't just go and buy a tie light wheelchair. You got to go through the rep. Um, and then you gotta, and then you gotta go get fitted. I mean, it's, it's, you know, I, I was fortunate enough. Um, one of the things that my investors did for me early on was they bought me a new chair and we paid cash for that. And it still took a year to get it. Oh my gosh. And so in the time we ordered the, from the time I started the process, like, think about this, this blows my mind. Like from the time I started the process, like people, strangers met, they fell in love, they got married and they had a kid. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and it should be a little bit easier. It should. Right? I, yeah. I, I wish I could say I'm surprised to hear it. Unfortunately, I'm not um, surprised to hear of that timeline. It's uh, it's absurd and, and uh, highly, highly offensive, actually, that uh, there's so much red tape to get something so necessary. But I guess it's going to take... I don't, I don't know what it's going to take to make those changes. I guess people speaking out, people advocating for it. Cause yeah, that's, that's crazy. Yeah. I think the first step is just general, is just general awareness. And I try really hard. And again, I don't, I don't ever want to come across as somebody who's like, who, who's, who's perfect or who never loses his temper or who never gets upset. I think, you know, I think emotions, every emotion that we can experience as human beings is valid um depending on circumstance but but what i what i want your listeners to know more than anything is i'm a good guy and and i really believe in the power of 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 treating people even when they don't treat you well treat them with respect Mm -hmm. and it's and it and it is it is very difficult to to do um when when it comes down to it but if i had lost my temper with the with the people you know helping me get my latest chair i probably still wouldn't have it yeah. <laughs> right so, i mean you you just have to yeah you, you just have to and it, it 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 is a bummer and it is less than ideal but but you just have to make the make the best of it in a in a utopian world where where you know um, barriers and, and discrimination don't exist and then you know we wouldn't have to do this, but we do. And so it's, it's all about, you know, we can't control uh, how other people treat us. Like I have no control over that, but I can certainly control how I treat them. Yeah. Um, and I, I just, I believe that with every ounce of, of me, um, that that's, that that's my responsibility. That's my job. Um, and so what does that mean as an entrepreneur? It basically means that I'm always working because there are, Every every day is full of teachable moments. Yeah, there's there's no doubt about that. There's you know we can learn from every experience, good, bad, or otherwise. However you perceive it, there's something to be learned there. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, one last thing I wanted to ask you about is uh, I saw when I was looking, um, kind of doing some research on some of the work you've done before, is that you were involved in a, a project with SeedSpot. Um, mm-hmm which looks like it's a nonprofit organization who works with entrepreneurs who kind of work in to make the world a better place. Um, what was your experience with that and kind of where did that lead you? Yeah. So, um, SeatSpot is a, is a nonprofit, um, competitively based. Um, what I mean by that is you have to apply to get in and it's, mm-hmm. you know, you're 
kind of a rigorous um, vetting process, et cetera. So it's a, it's a nonprofit competitively based, you know, business incubator uh, that started in uh, 2012 in Phoenix. And so I was part of the, uh, the initial cohort. And so the idea behind SeedSpot is, is it's for first time entrepreneurs and it's for people who, who have uh, what, what we would describe as a, a social impact venture. Um, doesn't have to be like Bread Approved Incorporated is, is for profit. We're a Delaware based company doing business in, um, in Arizona. So we are for profit and that was very important to me. Um, but you know, there are a lot of nonprofits who go through SeedSpot and the idea is, is that you're, whatever you're doing, uh, you want to make the world a better place. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I didn't know, you know, again, you know, my background, you know, graduated from uh, the Ohio State University in 1999 with a bachelor's in journalism, specialization in public relations, uh, and public affairs. Uh, with a, I don't know, I think I had a minor in political science or something. But anyway, I never in a million years thought I was going to be, if we'd have been friends at university and you said, Brett, I bet you're going to be an entrepreneur. I bet you're going to do something with disability. I said, Nikki, no way, man. No way, my friend. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to be an awesome PR guy and I'm going to, I'm going to make the world a better place that way. And I'm going to make a good living. And, and I, and I did all that, but I, but I, I saw a need and I saw a challenge that I wanted to fix that I thought I could fix that we have to a degree fixed uh, through the course of Bread Approved. And the first step in that entrepreneurial journey was, was seed spot. And so at that time, uh, I want to say it was like a eight month program, which culminated in a pitch competition, pitch, pitch competition between myself and the 13 other, um, I think there were 12 or 13 other ventures. And it took place at Phoenix Symphony Hall, and I was fortunate enough to win that. Um, and through that, you know, I got some I got some initial seed funding. It wasn't wasn't much, but it certainly was helpful at the time. I think it was like six thousand um, dollars. And then I, what what that allowed me to do too is leverage my PR ability and get some some early press for the company, and then attract uh, some early investors and, and things like that. So I, um, one of the things that I do outside of, I think it's very important to have varied. Uh, interest and I try very hard um, to do that. And so, one of the things I do kind of naturally is I mentor uh, recent college graduates, and I've, that just kind of happened over time. Um, when whether they have a disability or not, you know, I mentor them, and I also mentor uh, young entrepreneurs, first-time entrepreneurs, because uh, I believe that one of the things that makes me a fantastic mentor is I have made a ton of mistakes. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and so like knowledge, is, if, if, if I have now, if I see you about to embark on a journey and I've been on a version of that journey and I see you about to make a mistake, what kind of person am I? Right. Knowledge is useless unless you share it. Yeah. Right. Knowledge is absolutely useless unless you share it. So my passion, in addition to helping, uh, you know, people with disabilities travel uh, confidently, my passion is, is, helping other people, you know, quite frankly, regardless of disability, be the best versions of themselves. And, you know, whether that's helping somebody put together a pitch deck, whether that's looking at, you know, corporate structure, what, 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 whatever it is, uh, I've done it. So if I can be helpful, I, I will do that. But, but to put a bow on it, SeedSpot is a wonderful organization. They've revamped their curriculum through the years. And it's really, um, it's, it's really refined now. They, I just, I couldn't be more proud of, of their, uh, their, their founder, uh, Courtney, uh, 
decline. Uh, she's since stepped away from the organization, and now they're run by there's a guy named Sefer Graham who runs runs it, um, and he does a wonderful job. So it's a a tremendous community resource here in Phoenix. And I think you know, Nikki, I think people with disabilities make make wonderful entrepreneurs because we have to be uh, scrappy, right? Mm-hmm. We have to be resourceful. We have to be scrappy. I mean, unfortunately, um, the world doesn't too often the world doesn't think much of us, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, we have to we have to be the loudest voice in the room. Otherwise, we'll be ignored. And I think that fighting spirit that that so many people with disabilities possess um, it just it makes us perfect entrepreneurs because, man, the, the the hardest thing in the world to do is to start something from nothing. Absolutely. Um, it's just it's just un, it's just unbelievably difficult. But if anybody can do it, people with disabilities can do it. And if, if somebody listens to this and they want to do it, you know, go ahead and email me, bread at breadapproved.com. Uh, you know, we'll, I'll help you. Like I'll, you know, whatever, whatever I can do. Now, if caveat is people ask me all the time for funding. <laughs> Don't have that. Don't have that. Of all the, of all the funding we've secured, none of it has come from Arizona. Yeah. So, so, well. so that, but there are ways, but there are, you know, there are mechanisms ar- around that too. So um, does that, does, I guess, does that answer your question? about uh, Yeah, absolutely. And honestly, I mean, it sounds like you're incredibly generous with all the knowledge that you've accrued over time. And, um, you know, people would be very lucky to, to have some of that knowledge shared with them. Um, what do you do for fun? I mean, it sounds like you've got your hand in a lot of things. So what, what happens in, you know, when you do have a little bit of downtime, anything you're enjoying these days? Well, I think, you know, COVID-19 is, is, is really, you know, forced a lot of us or given a, a lot of us the opportunity to kind of reevaluate priorities. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, pre COVID I'm a big, um, I don't, this is kind of interesting. I don't watch a lot of TV, but I love movies. Mm. Um, yeah, which is, which is kind of counterintuitive. You'd think if you like movies, you love TV, but not really. Yeah, they're so, different. Um, yeah, yeah, thank you. Thank you for recognizing that. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I love, I love movies. I love, um, I love dialogue. I love sharply written, crisp, crisply, crisply written dialogue. I love, um, you know, kind of, kind of dissecting, uh, or talking about discussing, you know, movies or films. Um, and I like things that are, that are thought provoking. Um, and so, you know, one of the things that I miss is, is, you know, honestly going to the movies. Um, and I'm excited to, you know, when it's safe to do so, um, kind of go to the movies again and, and start that up. But, you know, being a, being an Ohio state graduate and a proud sturdy son of the state of Ohio, uh, mm-hmm. I have, uh, you know, pictures of me as a kid, uh, you know, in Ohio state gear. And so, my favorite thing to do in the fall is, uh, is, is, you know, waste about five hours of, uh, on a Saturday watching my, watching my Buckeyes play. Um, I used to be a prolific weightlifter, but I've had a few, sh- uh, shoulder, I had a few rotator cuff issues. So that's kind of taken away from me. And then yeah. I guess really, I love to cook. I love, um, I love going out to a good dinner. I mean, there are a few things, uh, few things more intimate than than sharing a meal with somebody Um, when you really sit down and you and you look into their eyes and again it's it's about showing people in your life that that you care Um, I can tell you or I can show you and I love to do that through a good meal 
Um, and then, yeah, good single malt scotch at the end of the day. I'm, I'm, I'm right there. So that's, that's it. And then I've got a two year old, a soon to be two year old golden retriever puppy. Uh, yeah. His name's, uh, his name's handsome George. Oh, how cute. <laughs> happy to, happy to, happy to report that he lives up to the moniker. Oh, um, that's perfect. Uh, yeah. He's a, he's a sweetheart, but he's a little hyper. So he definitely keeps me, yeah. definitely keeps, definitely keeps me on my toes, but, um, I'm sure he's happy to have you home a little bit more often. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, even though I work from home, like pre COVID, I was having at least three days a week. I was, I was out having a lunch meeting or, you know, a late dinner meeting or, or something like that. So Georgie doesn't know what is going on, but he loves it. Yeah. Uh, Normal. This is great. (laughs) Yeah. And and in fact, it'll be interesting when things get get back to the, whatever the new normal looks like, he's probably going to go through, uh, a, more than a little bit of separation anxiety but yeah. um yeah. yeah he's a sweet he's a sweetheart and uh people always ask me if he's my service dog <laughs> I said no no I'm a service human like nobody yeah. nobody nobody rubs my belly not that I'd want him to but nobody's <laughs> offered right so right. um yeah so I so that's pretty much it and then obviously like the thing that I love the most um is traveling and getting out of my comfort zone and yeah and, and I'm hoping that some of these, um, some of the things that, that I had on the books or that the company had on the books will, will get to, you know, kind of restart, if you will, uh, next year um, in terms of some really cool conferences. Some, you know, I was going to do some entrepreneurial stuff uh, outside of disability in, uh, in India. Um, and then I was, yeah, just all kinds of stuff going on that's kind of now on the, on the back burner. Um, and so, you know, my heart, my heart goes out to, to everybody struggling uh, right now. Yeah. Um, I will say this, that I, I am not immune to that. You know, we're fighting like hell to keep our little company, company moving. And we were going to be, you know, projected revenue this year, that is to say 2020, uh, was going to blow last year literally out of the water. Yeah. Um, and that's all gone. And so, the, and so the, the, the key focus for me and for my small but mighty team is to figure out how long we can we can sustain that um but if you're if 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 you're feeling down and you're feeling alone you know you're not um you're entitled to those emotions um certainly and they're understandable because i experience them too but just you're not alone and and again if you need somebody to talk to just shoot me an email we'll set something up yeah Brett, thank you so much for your time. Um, I know this information is invaluable. You've had so much to share. If uh, So if someone who's listening uh, wants to learn a little bit more about you, can you uh, kind of repeat those, those uh, like the website and the email so they can get in touch with you? Yeah, so the website is just Brett Approved, B-R-E-T-T, Approved, past tense.com. Uh, email address, Brett, B-R-E-T-T, at BrettApproved.com. Facebook is Facebook slash Brett Approved. Uh, I think we've got about 13,300 people on our, as part, who are part of our Facebook community. Um, you, can, you can get on there and, and sign up um, for our e-newsletter. Um, honestly, we were having a little bit of trouble with that link, so I gotta make sure that link still works. But we've got about um, 30,000 people roughly. Um, maybe it's like 29.6 or something like that who get our uh, newsletter. Um, and so we've got a really good open rates. I'm really proud of the uh, open rates we have on the newsletter. Um, so, so yeah, so there's ways to, there's ways to get in touch with me. There's ways to be involved. 
um, take a look at breadapproved.com, you know, check it out. If you're so inclined, you know, create a free account and review when the time is right and it's safe to do so, of course, you know, review your favorite restaurant. And cause that's how we're going to move the needle. I can't do it by myself. My team can't do it, but, um, man, amazing things happen when we work together, I think. Yeah, absolutely. So if you're out there listening and you have a favorite place or a place you've been to, you think other people might uh, travel to, please get on and create that account and share a review so that it can can just uh, create a a space for even more people to travel and, and know what to expect when they're going out there. Yep. All right, Brett, thank you so much for your time. Yeah, Nikki, it's been an absolute pleasure and I look forward to staying in touch and thanks again for the opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. Stay healthy. Likewise, my friend. Okay.